0: There is a movement among the churches in Virginia, not just in the Commonwealth, but also uh, literally around the United States and perhaps even around the world. There is a movement of prayer. and It shouldn't be a movement. It should be the everyday normal thing that we do. But there is an anticipation and an expectancy that is taking place right now in our churches. Every Tuesday at 6.30 in the chapel, we gather together to do battle for God's glory uh, and for this church, we pray. And, and, and that has been happening, continues to happen. And in the days ahead, we're going to expand that, that intentionality for prayer. Uh, we're going to expand how that you can be a part of that. But uh, at the very least, uh, we can pray together uh, on Tuesdays at 6.30. And although we're not meeting this Tuesday because of Thanksgiving season, um, the very next week, we'll be gathering together to pray and to do battle for God's glory for this church. Uh, so I invite you to be a part of that. And, and guys, I really do believe that God is able to do infinitely above and beyond what we ask or imagine, uh, and that, that He will do that in the church that is the theater for His glory. And I believe He's doing that in this church. Uh, at the close of this worship gathering, I, I, all my lo- logisticians and technicians take note, at the end of this worship gathering, we're going to have another baptism. Uh, and and that's uh, Tom who embraced Christ at the end of the 9 o'clock worship gathering is going to be baptized at the end of the 10.30 worship gathering. And that is God answering prayer and moving in this church in unexpected, supernatural kind of ways. Um, well, we're pressing forward toward Thanksgiving. And as we press forward toward Thanksgiving, I want us today to lean in and focus on uh, how uh, we should be a people that are grateful for God's grace. The story's told about a man who is walking down uh, the pathway and on his back he had a knapsack, and on his chest he also had a knapsack. And, and so it was kind of uh, uh, kind of harnessed, one on front, one on back. and as he 's walking along, uh, another gentleman comes alongside and says, uh, "Tell me what's in your knapsack." And, and the gentleman said, responded, "Well, on, on the knapsack in my back uh, that's, uh, that contains all the blessings that God has given me every." kindness that he's shown me, all the glorious things that he has provided for me. And I, I keep uh, those things in the knapsack on my back. And the guy said, well, that's great. What about the knapsack on your chest? And he said, well, the knapsack on my chest, uh, and he stuck his hand in the knapsack and he rummaged around. In the knapsack on my chest, there is the reminder of every unkind word anyone's ever said to me every disappointment I've ever had in this life every time somebody has wronged me or I perceive someone has wronged me and he kept pulling out these different examples of disappointments and devastations in his life and and the way people have mistreated him and the way that he has been done wrong and and he pulls all of these out and 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 so the gentleman said well well, how does, uh, how does this work in your life? He said, well, the backpack on my back, the, uh, the knapsack on my back, I, I, I never really look at. I may pull it out every week or so and, and, and think about what God's done for me. But, but really, I'm driven by this knapsack on my front where I can remind myself of all the ways that I have been wronged and all the disappointments that I face and every unkind word that's said to me or about me. I want to remember those things. That's a real happy kind of guy I want to hang out with. <laughs> of course not. You know, we, we, we're here today, and I'm speaking to you as people who are part of the family of faith. In a few moments, we're going to celebrate communion together. And communion is a family meal. It's a celebration of what God has done for us in Christ and us receiving that gift of His grace and, and how that's changed our life. But here's the question that I have for you. And here's the question that I think God poses to us from Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. Are we a people that really live in gratitude to the grace that God has given me? My prayer is that if you're that person that has the knapsack in front filled with all the bad, and the knapsack in back all the good that God has given. My prayer is that we would turn those knapsacks around and we would instead be driven in gratitude for the grace that God has given us. Uh, The Bible is replete with examples and even scientific studies confirm that the person who is filled with gratitude is less stressed and less depressed. The person who daily counts their blessings is far more hopeful about their today and about their tomorrow. That's not just Bible, uh, but science confirms what the Bible has said. And today, I want you to know my prayer for us is that we would be daily delighters in God's grace. Now, in Titus chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 4 through 7. Let me tell you exactly what I've done here. I've, I've pulled this one sentence out of a larger context. The larger context is Colo- uh, Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And uh, the reason I pulled out verses 4 through 7 is because it's one sentence in the Greek. And number two, it was probably, um, some have said it's a creed that they recited, uh, Uh, at a meal much like this. And others have said it was um, part of a baptismal recitation that as people were baptized, they would say this sentence. And and still others say it was a hymn that was sung uh, in celebration of what God's grace had done Um, But it's a a unit all to itself, and I wanted to pull it out for this occasion so that we might once again be captured with gratitude for the grace that God has given us. Now, look at verses 4 through 7. It says, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Please hear my heart. See, I believe that we have a bunch of bad news all around us. And we are partakers of of that bad news we hear it we see it we read it we think it but friends as followers of Jesus we're supposed to be different as followers of Jesus we are supposed to be living out that eternal hope that we have in Christ Jesus every single day that we live Regardless the circumstances that we face, God's grace is the foundation of a heart filled with thankfulness. God's grace. The circumstances around us will change. The the for us or against us in culture will change. But one thing that never, ever, 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 ever changes is the rock-solid hope we have because of God's grace. And God's grace is the foundation for a heart of gratitude not just on occasion, not just one season out of the year, but every day that we live. Every single day, let us be daily delighters in the grace of God, because God's grace awakens gratitude in our hearts. God's grace awakens gratitude In our hearts, what is this grace? Grace in and of itself is um, uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's where God stoops in an act of love and kindness toward people to bless them. It's, It's God bending over in an act of kindness and love, not based upon what the people have done, not based upon uh, how good they are, not based upon anything in the person, but based upon God's heart of love and kindness, He stoops to bless. That's grace. Grace is preeminently displayed. In the person of Jesus Christ, Jesus, who is God, became flesh and bone. Do you see the stooping there? Jesus, who is God, became man to bless sinners like you and me. In God's stooping in an act of kindness Toward us, to bless us, not based upon the works that we have done, but based only upon His heart of love. God graces us. Grace is the very essence of God's rescuing work among humanity. By the way, there's no way you can get to God. People have tried it since Genesis chapter 11. People have been trying to get to God. You can't get to God. The chasm between us and a holy God is too broad and wide and deep for us to cross. We can't get to God, not by works of religion, not by intellect, not by ingenuity. We can't get to God, but God in grace got to us in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the very definition of grace. So when we see Paul delighting in uh, God's grace and telling Timothy, this is foundation for us that we have been justified by grace so that we might have an inheritance and a hope that lasts for eternity. Grace is the foundation. And it's something outside of us. It's something that God offers as a gift. But once we've received grace, it changes us. You know, uh, there's been this thing called a, a gratitude list and people uh, from, the, uh, from Benjamin Franklin to present day um, New Age gurus talk about having a gratitude list. A gratitude list is where you begin the day reciting the good things that you've had in your life or the good things that you've received. It's a a gratitude list. Uh, We've talked about it in church life as count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings and see what God has done, right? Uh, That's our gratitude list. Uh, The foundation of gratitude that will never fail, never fail, that doesn't uh, stay here and is gone tomorrow. Gratitude that is constant, as constant as as the God of eternity, that gratitude is built upon this grace that God has given us. And that grace, as we look at it, is gratitude for the grace of God's love revealed. God's love revealed. I, 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 was, uh, see, I saw this on Twitter the other day. It says, um, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I, first question. There are two questions. First question. What has 16 characters, four set locations, two writers, and one plot? Every Hallmark movie ever made. Oh, yes, and I love every minute of it last night. Nantucket, Noel baby. Come on. Love it. Second question. Oh, I can tell. some of you guys, y'all love it too. You just not as bold as I am. All right, second question. What has 3,000 characters? Thirty-five writers. took 1,500 years. To complete and has one plot the Bible see the one plot line of Scripture the one theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation is that God in his love has provided a way for sinners who are separated from him to find rescue verse 4 oh goodness when the kindness and the love of God appeared to man and women. What, this, what is this appearing business? Who, what is the appearing of God's love? 1 John 4, 9 and 10. Uh, and this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the payment price for our sin. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were sinners, Christ died For us, when the kindness and love of God appeared. When did it appear? It appeared preeminently, supremely in the person of Jesus. Jesus is the Savior who came to shower us with the grace of God's love. And by the way, this love isn't for people who have deserved it. Look at verse 3, Titus 3, 3. What type of people did this love and kindness of God to whom did it appear? People that were selfish, people that were hateful, people that were hating, people that were um, self-centered, foolish, disobedient, rebellious, and other things. It wasn't a a laundry list of people, oh, you're such a good person, God's going to love you. No. You are such a wretch. And God loves you still. God's love appears, is revealed to me in spite of me. Not because of me. In spite of me. And God sent Jesus to rescue us as a demonstration of his great love. And when we think about this wondrous love, We can't help but thank God for him. Oh my goodness. We act as if a stubbed toe compares in weight of glory to a glorious God bringing us into his family because he loves us. Today, understand, you're drawing your focus from one of the backpacks. Which one is it? I pray that you would count the blessings that God has given in His love revealed. But His grace is not only um, um, made known to us through His love revealed, but it's also a grace that we can celebrate because of God's mercy offered. Where grace is God giving us what we don't deserve... Mercy is God withholding from us what we do deserve. I know it's hard for y'all to imagine because I'm such a dignified preacher, dude. But when I was a kid, I, I earned a lot of discipline from my parents, I earned a lot of spankings from my parents. There were days when my dad would say, son, go out to the board pile and pick out a board for it is time for discipline to come upon Eric Thomas. I earned that discipline. By the way, I'm 54 years old. Back in the day, we believed in corporal punishment. I still have bruises that prove it. No, I, I'd get spankings. But I can't tell you how many times my mom and dad did not give me the spanking that I had earned. Every single time I did something that earned a discipline that I did not receive, that was mercy. Mercy. It doesn't mean that there weren't consequences. It doesn't mean that, that, that there weren't um, uh, struggles. What it means is forgiveness led the way. Mercy was operative. Listen to how Paul describes it. Begin verse five. Not by works which you have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. God reveals his love to us that even when we were unlovely, even when we deserved punishment, He gave us forgiveness instead based upon what God has done in the person of Jesus Christ. He made a way for mercy to save us. You think about Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3. You were dead in your sin and your trespass. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, the power of the air, who now works among the sons of disobedience, among whom you also once conducted yourselves in the lust of the mind and of the flesh. And you were by nature children of wrath, just as the others, First 4, but God. But God, who is rich in? Mercy, Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, has made us alive together in Christ Jesus by grace. You have been saved. Come on, folk. If that doesn't give us a reason for gratitude every step we take this side of eternity, then nothing will. It's not something that we've gotten for ourselves. Maybe that's why gratitude is so hard to come by when we talk about uh, the grace of God. Grace isn't something that you got on your own. You remember the the movie Shenandoah with Jimmy Stewart? I don't know if you've seen it. The old movie. Uh, Jimmy Stewart, in this movie, he's sitting there and and, uh, he's got his whole family around the table. This is before all the catastrophe hits. He's sitting around the table and he's He's uh, he, he's got all the food, and they're getting ready to serve it. And he uh, starts in prayer. He says, "Lord, um, um, we planted these crops. We harvested these crops. We we did all that it takes to get these crops in. I don't really know why I'm thanking you, but thank you nonetheless. Amen." In that prayer, his whole mentality was, "We've done this for ourselves." I'm gonna give you a little ditty, oh God. I'm gonna tell you thank you, but it's not really a thank you. It is just an acknowledgement that you are. And that's why some of us are living our lives. We're living our lives as if we're the reason we're still standing. Oh my soul, friends, if it weren't for God and his grace, we would be nothing but dead in our trespasses and sin. We would be headed nowhere but destruction and judgment. But God, who is rich in his mercy, Because of his love, he has saved us. And that should drive us every day with a heart filled of gratitude. Anytime mercy is offered, a healthy heart should respond with thanksgiving. Oh my goodness, I've received mercy. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Yes! In his mercy, he drew us to himself and the Spirit of God opened our eyes to see our need for Jesus and the rescue that he alone provides. And the Spirit of God worked in our heart to give us the faith to believe on Jesus who rescued us from the pit of our sin. And the Spirit of God, the scripture says, gives us a new heart, cleanses us from our sin, gives us a new heart, and renews us to become more and more and more like Jesus. You see, the Spirit of God isn't just some impersonal uh, force that empowers us. The Spirit of God is the very person of God dwelling within us. Oh my goodness! What great news! Shouldn't we be grateful that God himself has taken up residence within us? That he's determined, hey, I'm going to hang out with Eric every day. And I'm going to supply Eric with all the wisdom and the power and the sustenance that he needs in order to meet every circumstance that he faces. I am God. I am with Eric. Oh, what grace we have received. By his mercy, he has blessed us. By his spirit, he has washed us and renewed us. And it's all because of the grace given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, friends, we have a reason for gratitude every day. Not on occasion, not every now and then, not just on Sundays, but every day. We wake up. What are you pulling out of your backpack? I hope that in your front pocket something like this. I'm going to count my blessings. My God loves me, and the proof of his love is Jesus. My God blesses me, and the proof of his blessing is my salvation. My God meets every need I face, and the proof is the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, we are loved, fully, completely accepted by him. We are loved. Yes, we are saved, completely, fully saved and rescued. And we have hope. The very anchor of our soul, the very anchor of every day is that we are sons and daughters of God made that way by faith in Jesus Christ and dwelt by the Spirit so that we have a heavenly home to which we're going and we have hope today and every day because I walk hand in hand with the God of the universe. I've been saved, I'm being sanctified, and there'll be a day when I meet God in glory. I have hope. When we look at our lives every day, we're looking upward to the God who has loved us and shown such kindness to us. We're looking inward to the blessings of a new life, a new heart, a new way of living that his salvation has wrought in us. We're looking outward toward others and how we can demonstrate this wondrous, life-changing encounter with Christ with them. And we're looking forward to that eternal hope that we have when we meet Jesus face to face. So this morning as we take communion together, and as we celebrate this meal that belongs to the family of God, as we take the bread, which is a symbol of Christ's body broken so that we might be made whole, and as we take the cup, which is a symbol of his blood that was shed to forgive our sin, we celebrate with gratitude in our hearts the grace that God has given us. In a few moments, our deacons are going to stand behind these tables. And they're going to distribute the elements. The elements are going to come in one packet. And I I encourage you, if you want to come to the altar and, and just celebrate with gratitude the grace of God in your life, you may do that. Or go back to your seat and just sit and hold the package unopened because I want us to do this together. But while you're waiting for everyone to be served, just make a list. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. So I going to ask our deacons if you'll come. I'm going to pray in a moment. and After I pray, our deacons going to help us in an orderly way come and get the elements as God leads. And if you're here and you don't feel comfortable coming forward, but you want uh, to celebrate in communion with us. You can just let us know, let one of our deacons know that you would like uh, 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 them to serve you personally, and they, they're happy to do that. All right, let's pray together. Father, right now, I th- thank you for your great love with which you have loved us and saved us and poured your great, great, great grace out on us. And I pray, oh God, that today you would be glorified as we celebrate this life-changing grace that you've given to us in Christ, and now speak, and we will listen. Nourish our souls with your presence as we feast on your great sacrifice that has given us wholeness of life. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray, Amen. As we do this, uh, just to remind you that this is tricky used to be so simple to have communion. There are two tabs that you have to work with. There is a really thin tab, and then there's a thicker tab. The really thin tab is the one we'll get at first. Then the thicker tab, we'll deal with that in a second, okay? On the night that Jesus was arrested and betrayed, he met with his disciples, and he passed the bread, and he broke it. So now take that thin tab, and peel it back, and you get a little wafer. Once you get the wafer, if you'll just kind of show it to me, make sure everybody's got it. Good. And Jesus took the bread and he broke it, and he said, "This is my body, broken for you. Take eat." Now, take hold the thicker tab and very carefully because it can get a little rough and you might get aggressive and you'll spill that liquid all over yourself. So be very careful. Scripture says that on the same night that he took the bread, he also took the cup and he passed it. And he said... This is the cup of the new covenant. My blood shed for many for the forgiveness of sin. Drink. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until the day of his return. As we celebrate God's grace, let us be captured again and again and again by what God has done for us in the person of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, in these moments, as we celebrate your goodness to us, I pray that you would speak and we will listen that as you draw us ever closer to yourself in this moment of corporate worship, pray that you would be glorified among us. As we celebrate our changed lives and celebrate the lives that have been changed around us, pray that you'd be glorified. And as we give ourselves with a heart of gratitude. As we set our focus on your great grace, may you bolster our witness in a world filled with such distress. And now be glorified as we worship you in spirit and in truth. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.